Hello and welcome to another underthought episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts. I am Donald Weigel. I have lost about a hundred pounds. I've kept it off for just over six years. And with me, as always, is your underthought wife. <laughs> your first thought wife. I, I no, Kath- you're very thoughtful, Catherine Weigel. Uh, I am your co-host. I have lost over 120 pounds and kept it off for over six years. Wow! I'm a Tiny Habit certified coach, a Thrive Global certified coach. Yeah. And I'm suddenly thinking about the underworld, <laughs> like I don't know, like a Stranger Things, the underthought like underworld, the underthought the, underworld, the under underdark, the under uh, the upside down. That's what it's called. The upside down. I'm also things, thinking yeah. about what is Kate Beckinsale was like a day werewolf. Underworld, yeah. Was she a werewolf or was it a vampire? Uh, like a very sexy vampire. She was a vampire, yeah, she but vampire. she fell in love with a werewolf and they weren't supposed to, uh, they were supposed to be enemies. Um, That sounds like Twilight. Yeah. In a sewer. <laughs> it, uh, look, it came out well before Twilight, so. Yeah, there's also, like, I'm thinking about lots of under things. Yeah. Like, I know. Well, you know, I, I, we are going to talk later in the episode, spoiler alert, about underthinking. Underthinking. And, and overthinking. Oh. oh like, I'm overthinking the underworld. The underworld, yeah, right now. I'm thinking, like, Alice in Wonderland. Like, she went <laughs> down a hole, but then it's, like, their sky. I've always, that's always kind of confused me about, like, the skies in the underworld things. So the talking rabbit part is fine. Look, with a pocket watch and a cat that, like, disappears. The very, Cheshire cat disappearing and, like, fading. That, likes, that's all fine, but these it having a sky is confusing to I'm you. stuck on the timely rabbit. Like, I think he is maybe attacking me personally because I'm generally late for most things. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, late. Trying to be better at it. But uh, we're right on time. Actually, I w- again, 366 surprises. A very merry and blessed Groundhog Day to you, Donald Weigel. Well, uh, also to you, although when this episode comes out, the Groundhog Day will be well in our rearview mirror. Well, but, but we are I recording it, it on Groundhog Day. I hold it in my heart all yeah. year long. <laughs> no, but I actually- Punks, Punxsutawney Phil exactly. is, is, yeah. But we repeat behaviors. Like the whole, like, you know what, go watch Groundhog Day, you're fine. But in it- you have the opportunity to re-examine your day-to-day choices, Yeah, right? Like, that's a big thing. We actually did an episode called Groundhog Day where we keep on repeating the same actions over and over again, sort of expecting different results. And it turns out there's not many new results when you keep doing the same thing. That is absolutely true. It is true. And I wonder... If Puxatani Phil actually was down there with Alice in Wonder, like, is there a Puxatani Phil yeah. in Alice in Wonderland? I don't think so. No, no, okay. I don't think there are any groundhogs. Uh, but there's lots of other talking animals and evil queens and uh, uh, cards, like playing cards that come but to life. Didn't Alice? Isn't she kind of like Goldilocks? Like, didn't she come and like rustle up everything? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I feel like everybody was just doing their thing, and then she came along and was like, "It's too hot. It's too cold." And like she messed up the tea. You think think. so? I think so. Yeah. But maybe I'm mixing metaphors. We should maybe watch uh, Alice in Wonderland. We should. I actually, the art is is really beautiful. But but we were talking about, I was trying to get with the Puxatani thing about repeating mistakes. Oh, yeah. Groundhog Day, the Bill Murray movie. But all of the groundhogs of just repeating things. But uh, we're going to repeat ourselves by talking about 
Alice Boyce. Yeah. Um, uh, we, uh, Catherine and I, uh, both happen to just finish. I like, I like how you, like, we, like, you, you say, like, we, that's me and Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> In like, case. I think they're going to expect it to be us. You think so? Mm-hmm. There, there might be more people involved. They don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> they it's, don't know. If it's I don't, if it's I don't just. Spell it it's out. pretty obvious that it's just us. So we both just finished the book called "The Healthy Mind Toolkit" by Alice Boyce, PhD, and uh, we have talked about her a lot lately because we were both uh, listening to the audiobook at the same time. We also have a paper copy. We do old fashioned uh, paper copy, uh, and uh, you know. The book basically is just like attack after attack on yeah. my behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is filled with uh, a lot of really uh, eye-opening, you know, great advice on um, on mental patterns, on, uh, you know, human beings' predispositions toward things, and um, how to, to kind of get, you know, break your own patterns of being in these things. Well, and a lot of books start with metaphors and like – histories about their childhood and some compelling story and from like page two she's like guess what you self-sabotage here are 30 things you might be doing that you didn't know and that was very much of an attack we didn't even get to know each other and suddenly yeah page one she is diving right into it yeah one of her specialties uh and we've done some episodes uh based on some of her online writings uh about self-sabotage but one of her um specialties seems to be um, behaviors that people engage in that sabotage their own goals. Like, you know, you say you want to achieve a goal and then your behavior sabotages your ability to achieve that goal. It and, does. and, you know, she gives a lot of great advice about how to get over that behavior or at least how to begin getting over that behavior. Yeah. And we are calling this episode, uh, I Wolt the Line, sort of that like, uh, I was thinking to say Jimmy Cash. Who's Jimmy Cash? <laughs> I was thinking of Jimmy Dean. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Cash is Johnny's less famous brother. <laughs> he, Johnny Cash walking the line for his he, true He love. would like, Johnny Cash would be like, come out with a song, I walk the line. And then Jimmy Cash would be like, I also I walk also the line. I also walk the line. Kind yeah. of like the Jim Belushi, John right. Belushi thing. Kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, but did you, did you know, I actually didn't tell you this, but I decided to tell it to you now, that um, I know we're calling it, the, the, the episode is called what it's called, but I also thought it would be good to call it the voice are back in town but that's like really because it's not plural voice if voices are back in town uh but i didn't do that because that's an old reference and we still we still could call the the next one i don't think uh phd alice voice would want us to call it that so we'll just stick with waltzing the line yeah uh staying on the right path so speaking of staying on the right path uh, we, Donald and I, see yes. how I, I did yeah. it to you. See? It happened right there. I like it. Uh, Donald and I spent decades going to extremes, whether you call it yo-yoing, whether you call it, you know, crash diets. We went to extremes to get what we thought we wanted. And we thought that that was that all or nothing. I'm either in or out. Hokey pokey. I think we called something the hokey pokey something a while ago. Yeah, I can't remember now. We probably did. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. But that black and white thinking of all or nothing has, or it did derail us for decades. And it turns out we're just like everyone else because Alice Boyce from like page two again is like, guess what you might be doing that you don't even notice you're doing. Uh, and she compared a bunch of different extremes and asked 
the dear listeners or readers to maybe compare and contrast the two. And so we are going to take only three out of the like 5,000 ones. Yeah, that I think she... there are, there are like literally a few dozen, uh, in the book where she talks about self sabotaging behaviors. And we have picked out three of them, uh, that we're going to go through this week. And then we're going to talk about, uh, three more next week, I believe. Um, but self sabotaging behaviors and, or patterns. And, you know, one of the things about these are that they, many of them look unrelated on the surface, but a lot of them are just sort of two sides of the same coin. Like you might be engaging in, you know, it, the the extreme version of one side of this behavior or the other side of this behavior. Well, and as we go and compare each of the two extremes, we definitely, it, just in, in reading through it ourselves, we used to believe if we were one way – that the only solution was to be the total opposite. Right. Way. It was to go 100% the other direction. Right. So we are going to go through uh, and, and do a call and repeat or a whatever, uh, comparing the three. And then we're going to give, turns out there are uh, problems with both extremes. Did you know that ex- extremities are not great? Yeah, usually not not so good. I mean, I'm glad to have fingers. Those are extremities, <laughs> Those aren't extremities they? are good, yeah. I don't I don't want to. I I'm grateful for fingers. That's all. I'm all right, so let's give them uh, the the three examples of what we're talking about. We are, and after we give you all of those examples and compare, then we're going to say, "Well, you should do about it afterwards." Don't worry, hang on there until the end. We're not just going to hit you with the bad stuff. Exactly. Okay, so um, this is the first uh, the first one. So you have too much chaos in your life and not enough structure and routine. Or Uh you stick too rigidly to self-imposed rules and routines. Been there, done both. Yeah. Okay. You give up too soon. Or you persist too much. Yep. Or, uh, okay. Yeah. So that was it. There's no or. Okay. The next one is you get excited. (laughs) I just got very caught up in it. Yeah. No, I Um, can understand. So you get excited and rush into an action without enough thought. Like this episode, or, or can you, we both just say or because it's fun to say sure. or? I don't get to say the or. Yeah, okay. okay. Or <laughs> that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah, that's fun for everyone. Um, <laughs> or you overthink and delay action because you never feel a hundred percent sure. Oh, I fall way oh. more into that category. It's been one of the things I've really had to struggle to get over. But oh. uh, but we'll get more get more into that later. Ooh, I'm trying to decide which one is my. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think for me, the have too much chaos in your life and not enough structure and routine. Yeah, I think that is the one that I struggle with. Well, the most. I've been on both sides of these a lot, but I think um, you know, I know we. Had planned on this, I think, but I think I do tend to stick too rigidly to self-imposed rules and routines. Um, I uh, Also, perhaps, though, giving up too soon is something I've done uh, a lot of, and, and the overthinking is definitely me. See, but I doth persist too much. You think I so? Think. Yeah, I like keep yeah. them like, but why isn't what I was doing when I was, you know, five years younger working? Why is everything changing? So this is a good wake-up call for us. And and sort of as we go through, again, we're going to go through um, each set and give the problems uh, with each of them. Um, but as we're going through them, which do you relate to? And the big question in all of this is, how's that going for you, buddy? Yeah, like, that's how, not what she says, these- but... <laughs> 
Uh-huh. How are these behaviors serving you? Ask yourself like, well, you know, I have to stick to my routine rigidly, but then really ask yourself, how is that serving you in terms of achieving your goals? Okay, okay so what are some of the problems caused by not enough routine? Dear? Okay, so the problems caused by not enough routine are you spend too much energy making frequent decisions. You think about when, where, or how all the time. Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, You end up being inefficient in the way you go about regular activities. You are inconsistent. Yeah. Oops. And chaos makes it easier to repeatedly avoid essential tasks because you don't have the time or place to think about doing it. So, Um, so, so this is, you know, you set a goal, you say like, well, I want to exercise more. But then you don't build in any routine into your life. And maybe maybe you exercise one day, but then you don't make a plan for for continuing to do it on at a specific time or a specific day or or, you know, something comes up and you just sort of forget and let it slip and and you don't actually build any sort of scheduling or planning into your life. And so you don't continue to keep doing the thing that you want to do to achieve the goal you want to achieve. Right. And so I think uh, again, looking in my mirror, the looking glass of my own life is I go, you know what I need? I need a really, really strict plan. I need hard and fast rules that I can follow every single day. I just need to not be anything like myself (laughs) and just plunge into the- I need to stop being the person who I am and doing the the things things I love. Yeah, And I need to do it 100%. That's what's missing, Donald. Exactly. But what do you have to say about that? So there are problems caused by too much routine. One of them is that um, that life things, whatever you're doing gets monotonous. Um, If you if you stick to too strict of a schedule or keep doing the same things over and over again, there's there's that concept of hedonic adaptation. Things that seem new and fresh at one point, if you do them over and over again, they become stale and old, and eventually you you get tired of them and you stop doing them. Or it, it also becomes very difficult to deal with the unexpected. If you have this very strict routine, and this would happen to me a lot, especially with diet plans. I would be on a diet, and then I'd get invited somewhere. Oh, my gosh. And I would, like, eat a meal, eat one meal that was not on the plan, and then I would just, like, spiral out of control because I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know how to get back on the plan. Also, another part of this is you avoid experiences that might be enjoyable because they might disrupt your routine. And I also have done this in my life where it's like, nope, I'm I'm like on keto right now. I can't possibly go out to that Italian restaurant because there won't be anything to, for me to eat. So I'm just not going to go and hang out with my friends or family. Um, and then it also becomes very difficult to think about things in a new way. Like you get stuck with the idea that there, you know, this is the only way to do it. So you don't, you know, you don't come across new experiences and new ideas. And so it's very hard to grow and change under those conditions. Well, and especially in very rigid planned, uh, like 30 day workouts or a, you know, a meal plan that you're following from some company, or I'm always going to have a lean cuisine for lunch. Suddenly you're in the situation where you are serving some like, you know, idealized plan that doesn't take into account any 
flexibility in your life or yeah. going on vacation or anything. And so you're either on it or you're off it. And for us, that led to rebellion. I've been so good. I've been doing everything right. right. Like I'm following it and I'm it's it's, you know, being a prescribed plan for me. And as soon as I can't adhere to it, obviously I don't want it enough. That's what people say. You don't want it enough if you're not going to adhere to it perfectly. So what we would do was just completely go off and go back to the no plan, no structure at all, and then gain weight, which is what would always happen. Yeah. And so um, the the next category, uh, problems caused by giving up too soon. This was also me. It turns out all of it is about uh, me yeah, and my things. Exactly. You don't, you're, you don't gain any resilience the minute things get hard you give up yeah and a good example of this sorry to cut you off a good example of this is like i would go to weight watchers and like maybe the first week i would lose like part of a pound and the second week i would lose part of a pound and then like the third week i would gain a little bit of weight and be like well i guess it doesn't work i should just i should just give up and quit exactly so and and what that leads to is you experience unnecessary feelings of failure over and over and over again. Yeah, like you just give up too quickly and you're just like, well, I failed. I guess I'm a failure. I can't do it. Well, and that's what happened with me with I would do Weight Watchers for six weeks. I would gain a pound and it was unfair. So I would give up and I would give up and revenge eat about it. And then I would gain 20 more pounds and then join Weight Watchers again, do well for six weeks and then gain weight again and then give up. And I literally gained 100 pounds from when I started Weight Watchers until the last time I did it. And that was all from quitting. You don't realize, like, what, gee, gee whiskers, Catherine Weigel, wh- what would happen if you just kept doing the plan even though <laughs> right. it didn't, like, go your way that one time? Right. There's definitely something to that that phrase, like, what would happen this time if you didn't quit? Exactly. So you achieve less than you're capable of because you throw up your hands every time it doesn't work for you. Um, you don't find out if your ideas are really good because you don't finish. Like, gee, well, I'm doing this plan. I'm feeling really good. I gained weight. That's not fair. Okay, but maybe what if it was a normal thing that happened because of right. biology? Like, But you never give yourself that opportunity to find out. And it becomes harder and harder to persist the more you give up. Do you Like if, if a kid was like, eh, walking's too hard. Like, I'm just going to crawl. Oh, no, I fell. <laughs> like right. you'd be like, yep, you're right, baby. That's like, you might as well just sit. Because why not? I was almost going to talk Polish. I was going to say a Polish word about sitting, <laughs> but I didn't. It's dupa. Dupa is your bottom. Okay, so I just said good. it. You're sitting on your dupa, yo baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we. You sure do like taking babies to task. I've done do. it many times no, over but the course we, of this podcast. Like, we, like, no one's going to read the book. We're like, well, I've always just had a healthy relationship with food. Like, oh, okay, so you're going to tell me how to get past that? Now you just don't do it. Oh, okay. So don't be like that. Yeah, and look, if you keep giving up prematurely also, it you'd like it's very difficult to gain confidence in your abilities if like if everything you do like you just keep giving up on over exactly. and over again. But Donald, what happens if you never give up and never surrender? So there are definitely problems. The flip side of this, the other extreme with persisting too much. 
Um, one of them is that you keep using the same strategies even when they aren't effective. Yeah. You, you get this idea in your head that this is the way I need to do this. This is the diet I need to be on. This is the exercise I have to do. And even when those things aren't working, you you still are convinced that that you shouldn't give up and you keep going. And another part of this, and this happened to me throughout my life, is you know, you think back to a time when some plan did work. And my go-to for this is always Atkins or keto. And, you know, there was a point where I lost 50 pounds doing it um, back in, I think I was in my thirties. And then I would, I tried it multiple times after that, thinking like how great it was to lose all of that without realizing that if it had really been that great, I would have been able to keep the weight off and keep doing that plan. And so I would just keep like doing the same thing over and over again. I would go on keto for a while. Um, I might lose some weight, but then something would come up and I would start eating carbs again, or I would just get tired of not like eating like a, you know, all, all the foods that I loved. And I would think the weight would just come roaring back and I would get stuck doing it over and over again. But I think too, as part of that is that not thinking about the current season that you're in. I see a lot of people say like, well, in my early 20s, I, you know, did all of these things and everything was great and I like ran marathons. But yeah, I've had three kids and now I'm 55 right. and I'm right. in perimenopause. But shouldn't I just be able to go back to the me of before? And we're different people. Our biologies are different. Our circumstances are different. Maybe you were single and but loose and fancy free. Oh and my now goodness. you are caring for an aging parent. Like we're in different circumstances. But when you persist too much and then just get mad that the plan isn't wor working, we're just like banging our heads against the same brick wall and wondering why it isn't crumbling. I'll tell you what, no one even when I was like a teenager, ever once described me as footloose oh, no. and fancy free. <laughs> oh, that is, if that was on your dating profile, I would swipe was, the way that isn't the good one. Yeah. The, I don't know what yeah, direction I don't, it is. I don't know either. But uh, uh, so another, speaking of uh, of dating profiles and things that aren't working, another, um, uh, another problem with being, you know, too persistent is that you become really less likely to step back and ask yourself what's working and what isn't. It's very hard for any sort of self-reflection if you're just if you're just sticking rigidly to to what you think is the right thing. And then uh, another problem is the sunk cost fallacy, which is I can't do something else now. I've already spent way too much time and effort doing this. Yeah, I've and so it, it's like it's that sort of thing. Like, well, I've already spent. $500 on repairing this car recently, and now it needs another $700 repair. Well, I already spent that 500 so I guess I have to spend the five, the 700 instead of just getting a new car at that point. Well, and I think, too, with that, there is also shame associated with giving up. Like, pe people even say, like, you know, well, Buzz Lightyear. That's right. I'm taking beloved Buzz Whoa. Lightyear to task. Never give up. Never surrender. Don't be a quitter. Quitters never prosper. But knowing the right time to hold them and fold them, which I think we also did episodes oh, yeah. on we that. Oh, sure did. Of like, at what point do you stop and say like, okay, obviously this isn't working. That happened for me at age 41, where I finally like got the point of like, 
oh, this is not serving me. None of this is serving me. Everything that I'm doing is not working. So maybe there is something else out there that I'm missing. And being open to the idea that we're not right about everything, that like we have the opportunity to pivot and be adaptable and look at our current circumstances, those are some big deals. <laughs> I love when you use such scientific uh, jargon. Okay, so uh, now we're going to move on to underthinking decisions and overthinking decisions. And darling, what are some problems with underthinking decisions? This These may seem a little bit self-evident. The, the but underthinkers. Yeah, there the, we go. Finally, we're getting to the beginning of the episode. Exactly. So with under – that is the – you're watching TV and you see this amazing ad for this breakthrough product, this wiggle weight or the whatever. The, and you're the like, shake weight, the uh, the Hawaii chair. We talked about a whole bunch oh of gosh. these gadgets on a fairly recent episode. The uh, even like you know the Bowflex, like that kind of thing, or those Instagram ads that pop up with the influencer that suddenly has lost all this weight and they do a before and after and click my bio for yeah. more info and I'm like. All of those, oh my gosh, this lightning bolt moment of someone else did it, you're suddenly inspired, and we make that impulsive decision to buy the product, buy the shake, buy the workout equipment without like taking into consideration anything in our actual normal lives. And this gets into that rigidity of like, well, if I just follow it perfectly, then I'm going to be fine. But it – like. It's a bad choice. It's a bad <laughs> choice to be super impulsive. You're using such harsh language. I know. Taking so, babies and Buzz Lightyear to task. So this this is a really big problem because when that impulsive choice doesn't work, then we see another like, oh, but no, but this is really what you're missing. Suddenly you jump ship right. and you go to the other thing and then you just leap from plan to plan, not giving anything enough time, not actually putting in the work or seeing how it's going to fit into your life. I was actually working with a coaching client the other day who wanted to get in more exercise. And she's like, well, I want to work out every single day. And I I presented a potential plan to her. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, I can do that like 100%. And I said, okay, well, every day? And she goes, yes, every day. I'm like, even weekends? She was like, oh, no, right. No, that's not going to work. I was like, so we have the opportunity to be flexible based on what works for us. And we jump into something like, oh, I'm going to do a 28-day fix. I'm going to do a 30-day whatever. I'm going to do 75 strong. And if I like, and it sounds really catchy and zingy, but it doesn't actually take our actual lives into, uh, into account. So we make big promises to ourselves with very little research and very little, like, again, taking into account your actual life. And then we get disappointed over and over and over again because we think things just aren't fair. But what we need to do is instead of being impulsive, I'll just think about everything forever and ever <laughs> and ever. And thinking about doing something must help you lose weight, doesn't it, Donald? Uh, absolutely. Uh, actually, no. Um, so there are many problems caused by overthinking decisions. And the number the number one problem of this is that you become frozen. And you know what you're, you need to do when you become frozen, don't you? You need let to it go. let it go. Ah. <laughs> you stepped on my joke. Sorry. I don't know. 
Yeah, you need to let it go. Let it go. Uh, no, when you man, we're going all the way. We've done Alice in Wonderland. I know. We've talked about Buzz all, Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. Now we're going to all over the all over the Disney map. Um, so it, you spend so much time and energy analyzing things um, that you just you just keep thinking about because you're not sure of what the the right decision is that you don't actually take any action, and you spend so much time and energy analyzing when you could have been doing something. And by avoiding the action, you lose the opportunity to learn from the experience. And you may even end up just confusing yourself. Um, you know, just thinking about the problem over and over again, you may just end up being confused about, well, should I do this? Should I do that? And then that leads to more inaction. And another problem with this that I've gone through a lot is that planning to do something feels like I'm taking action or researching something. Like, it's like, oh, here's a new, like, diet plan I've heard about. I'm going to research the ins and outs of that. And that feels like you're taking steps towards actually, like, changing the way that you eat or the way you exercise, and it doesn't actually result in that. And then, you know, finally, the harder you work to avoid mistakes by doing all of the overthinking, like trying to find the absolute perfect move to make, you become much more intolerant when mistakes actually do happen. And you just become like much more upset and it makes you sort of unwilling to try new things that might actually solve or help you achieve the goal that you're trying to hit. Well, and it continues that cycle of like guilt and shame. And I thought this was going to be it. And I can't like all that negative thinking of like, I'll never learn. I should just do something. But then you become paralyzed by your next like, well, which which habit should I focus on? Right. Suddenly six months goes by and you're like, okay, well, no, you know what? I'm going to think about it some more. And you just loop and loop and loop and being able to, and it's something else Alice Boyce said in the book was like, we have a very low tolerance for discomfort. We want everything to be clear and we want, we we think even with those overthinking, yeah. maybe the next thing I look at is going to be the thing right. that is going to be what I should do. Uh, but maybe it's the next one. And when we do that in all aspects, what meal plan should I follow? What exercise should I do? What time of day should I do it? What brand of shoes should I use? Like just thinking and marinating on it feels like it's taking up all this like emotional battery and then we're exhausted and we go like, oh man, losing weight is so hard. Yeah. And it's, no, it's your brain is overloaded because you're not taking action. Absolutely. All right. So uh, what do we have to tell people to help them kind of get over these patterns? That's a very good question, Donald Weigel. I appreciate you asking that. <laughs> so one of the things, again, with the extremes is we think if we are doing one extreme, the only answer is doing the other extreme and doing it perfectly. Again, I have no structure. I need all the structure. I like I'm doing it too soon, too late, whatever. The good news is that Alice Boyce, who is an actual PhD, yeah. PhD, those are a lot, and that of stands good, for doctor. Good letters uh, is that we also don't need to completely eliminate these self-sabotages from our life. Yeah, you don't need to to strive for perfection. You know, it's just 
constantly asking yourself, you know, what can I do to get better? What can I do to at least incrementally improve? And, you know, as you're doing this, you can expect your insights and patterns to fluctuate. Like there may be periods of time where you go from one side of this coin to the other. If you're, you know, trying to look at these self-sabotaging behaviors, it might depend on what's going on in your life. You know, it, you, you might go from one side and then go to the other extreme too hard and have to bring yourself back. Um, so it, it's constantly sort of striving for that middle ground, but also remembering that like we're all human and we're going to go back and forth on these things. Well, and also there are different seasons of our lives where, and I mean, in, in this, you know, maintenance journey that we're on, we have to relearn the same things over and over again, like, and, and also being able to go like, Oh, it's not just about exercise. It's also about food. Yeah. Oh, it's not just about work circumstances. It's also about vacation. And there are going to be times when like I have an epiphany and I go like, oh, wow, we should do an episode or whatever. And you're like, yeah, we literally did that three weeks ago and we've already <laughs> talked about it. And it like, but we think we're going to learn something once and then never have to return to it and never have to reassess our situations. Yeah. But that's where that fluctuation comes in. Sometimes we need to relearn lessons. And so for us, like in any circumstance, wherever you find yourself, again, asking that question, how is this habit and behavior serving me? How is my habit of overthinking serving me? How is my habit of going to extreme serving me? Because once you see those patterns of like, yep, didn't work that time, it's not going to work again and again and again. We were actually just watching Survivor the other day. And I, okay, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm just going to go in this direction. There was a team that was like, oh, you know what? We should throw the challenge because then we can vote off one of the people that we don't right. like. Literally, there's been, what, 30, 40 seasons of Survivor around yeah, the world? Yeah, I don't think that's ever worked out for anybody. Never has it worked out. Yeah. And seeing American Survivor is about to start season 46. Holy smoke doodles. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm like, nope, you're walking to, and dip, dip, there it goes. And they're not, it's not going to work out. And when we don't actually ask ourselves like how'd that go for you in the past we don't have the opportunity to develop and um and and learn from our mistakes and one of the things is like that whole thing of like when will i ever learn like be nice to yourself yeah knowing that like oh yeah i learn lessons multiple times sometimes i have to make the same mistake 10 times before I realize what I'm doing. And instead of just saying that, like, what to say when you talk to yourself, we did an episode about that book. Once we are like, okay, this is part of the process. I am going to learn and I'm going to adapt and I'm going to pivot. That is way better than stupid, stupid, I'm never going to learn. Like, Yeah, keep asking yourself, like, would you be okay with it if a boss was talking to you this way? And if the answer is no, then don't talk to yourself that way. <laughs> you know, why would you be meaner to yourself than you would tolerate from somebody else being mean to you or being like, you know, talking to somebody that you love? Like, would you stand for what they were saying? So if you keep telling yourself that, that, you know, you'll never figure it out, that you're useless, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that, that, you know, you start to internalize that stuff and it just, um, you know, you begin to believe it. So you need to believe in your capacity for change? You do. You need to what? believe. Like, you are a grown-up who is capable of achieving many hard things. And you have to remind yourself a lot to 
of all of the hard things that you have done. I th- we have a tendency to, like things that we do well, we have a tendency to belittle them because they, they don't seem hard to us anymore. But there was a point at which you didn't know how to do these hard things. Like even just something like, you know, learning to drive a car, like, it, you know, it's just sort of like, well, every anybody could do that. But you know what? There was a point where you couldn't do that and you figured it out and learned it. And there's lots of other things in your life that, that you had to go through and figure out and learn that that you you know should know that makes you capable of doing other hard things exactly and so when you come into these situations ask yourself am i being too rigid on one side of this coin or the other and constantly say to yourself like what would somebody who believes the opposite of me do in this situation and that can be a way to help you find that middle ground. Right. And I mean, and we've we've just talked about the extremes of, you know, if I have no plans and no structure at all and total chaos, you might think again that that opposite of like someone who has no chaos and lots of structure and lots of routine, how would they act? Again, we think we either have to be one side of the coin or the other, but we're talking about the middle of the coin, the the coin core? I don't know. The core coin. Core coin. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, But this begs the question, again, looking at Jimmy Cash and Johnny Cash, his more (laughs) famous brother, (laughs) of what is the middle ground? What would a person so what what would a person who does the opposite of me do? And then, hey, what's the middle ground guy doing? What's the kind of moderate? I've got a little bit of chaos, but I also have some structure in there. And those structures are great anchors to manage all of the chaos I have in my life. Again, I give up too soon. You persist too much. What would someone in the middle do? Yeah, like you know, for example, um, if you if you believe that you have a tendency to give up too soon, set yourself a benchmark. Well, I I promise I'm going to try this for at least a month, or I promise myself I am going to try X thing for at least a couple of weeks. Like, and just give yourself a chance, give yourself a minimum, and then likewise the other direction. You know, if you persist too much, tell yourself, well. Um, I'm really going to like look at my results, you know, a month from now, six weeks from now. And if nothing has changed, like I'm going to have to make some sort of a change in order to, uh, to, you know, see if I can get closer to the results that I want. Well, and that's something that Donald actually did of, I'm going to stick with this calorie target for four weeks. And if, if I stop losing weight or it's not working, then I will adapt. The, the issue is when people immediately say, oh, this isn't working and make a switch. You don't give anything time to work, like yeah. a melting ice cube. Yeah, there were just, you know, speaking of, of calorie goals, there were plenty of times during the two years when I was really actively trying to lose weight where I would go a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks without any change on the scale. And, you know, then something would happen. Then I would move down or, you know, a week or two, and then I would lose some weight. Like it wasn't just a straight line of like, of constantly losing weight each week or each day. You know, there were, there were sort of ebbs and flows of it. And I had to go with that. Exactly. And for me with that, like not losing weight one week and then giving up, I decided on this last, last time during venture, 
what if you just kept going after that one time? Yeah. And then suddenly I would lose more weight. I gained weight 20 pounds while losing 100 pounds. And if I hadn't pushed past that, I never would have known that that was a, just a pattern. And then again, with that final thing of like rushing into things really quickly, looking for that one weird fix or overthinking things. Again, put a like, you know what? I'm I'm going to give it a week. I see that this is very interesting to me. I'm going to give it one week. And if I'm still as excited today, after I've kind of looked at how it fits into my life, then I'll give it a try. The, the other side of the coin is if you're overthinking things and have analysis paralysis is, you know what, I'm going to give it the weekend. And by the end of the weekend, I'm going to make a choice about one thing to audition as my new habit. Instead of thinking at it of it as I've got, if I make this commitment, it's going to be forever. It's, you know what, I'm going to give this a try going to see how it goes for four weeks. And if it doesn't work, I can adapt and pivot and make a new choice and, you know, make a solution work for me instead of overthinking things. And the more we're able to look at the center, what would a normal human do instead of an extreme <laughs> person do? What would an adaptable person do? What would a person who didn't like give up the first time things got complicated do? Like, be in the middle so that no i was i don't know i was gonna do something be in the middle so you work on your middle that was really not <laughs> like i'm just playing through my own shame spiral on that one but like instead of extremes what what would the alternative be to that how many times like it's more boring it's but like the middle of the road like what if it was like normal home makeover <laughs> like, oh, like oh, yeah. they just kind of like got some new throat pillows. You you just like watch a contractor spend like three times as much time finishing the job as they originally quoted you. Yeah, that's you, the whole show. You like rake your normal home yard. Like yeah. nobody, you know, they don't make TV shows about that. But that's like what's sustainable. Like making this sustainable for your actual lifestyle matters. And the more we see that as like, this does not need to be the most exciting and dynamic part of my life. Like, I don't have to put all of my excitement eggs in this one basket. I can do other things like play basketball. <laughs> no, I don't know. Donald mentions basketball a lot. Uh, yeah, it was time, the only thing I could Anytime I try of. and come up with exercise, uh, I mention basketball, and she likes to tease me about it. Um, so uh, if you are uh, – thank you very much for putting all of your excitement eggs into the basket of listening to this episode. I don't know. How's that for a That's fine. professional Look, transition? Look, we don't have to be – I don't know. We don't have to be perfect, Donald. This can be a middle-of-the-road <laughs> episode. <laughs> I think it's extremely great. Uh, thank Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, uh, all of our episodes are available somewhere. Um, the most recent 300. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. The most <laughs> recent. Like I lost my keys. Yeah. I don't know. They're around. There's... Episodes are around somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. The most recent 300 episodes are available wherever you found this one on the uh, all of the major podcast platforms. And all of our episodes, all the way back to number one, are available on 
our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, click on that link for join our support group. To find out more about Wolt Place, We Only Look Thin Place is our Facebook-based accountability group for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for support and accountability. We have people doing uh, counting macros and counting calories and doing Weight Watcher points and intuitive eating. Uh, But regardless of the plan, it is a place to really focus on your tendency toward self-sabotage, to you know, work with other people who are going through similar situations and really come up with solutions that can work for you um, in a safe and uh, supportive environment. Yeah, We do weekly Zoom meetings. We have challenges and subgroups. So check us out. We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Will Place is right for you. Yeah, look, I had to actually marry Catherine Weigel to get her in-depth advice and wisdom on all of this stuff and uh all you have to do to get that is to join walt place (laughs) uh so uh, check that out also you can interact with us on social media we are on facebook and instagram at we only look thin or you could send us an email uh, you can write to us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, if you have questions, if you have uh, episode suggestions, we like those. Or if you just want to write in and uh, give us a compliment, uh, we really appreciate that. We got a really nice uh, email uh, just uh, today, actually, uh, from a listener who wanted to give us a shout out and say hello. And we are grateful for that. Yep. And if you have a couple of extra spare minutes and can head over to Apple Podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it let us know that what we're doing is making a difference in your life, but it also helps with the Apple algorithms, uh, which is maybe also a band. I don't know. The Apple Rhythms? Apple Rhythms, yeah. Ew, that yeah. sounds terrible. It sounds yeah. like something that would have come to like your middle school to like teach you about not doing... Like, <laughs> Not doing vape. Yeah. Is that a thing that yeah, people do? Yeah, to not vape. Yeah. To not vape. Yeah, the uh, Apple Rhythms. <laughs> we're the Apple Rhythms, and we're here to teach you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or wonderful. Or wonderful. Uh, but uh, head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It uh, it means the world to us uh, to know that what we're doing after all these years is making a difference in your life, helps other people find us. Uh, so head on over there. It just takes a couple minutes. Yes, review. it is a great way at no cost to you that you can help support the show. Um, another thing you can do is just tell somebody about the show. If you uh, are in a conversation and it comes up, if you know somebody that you think would get something out of our show and you could tell them about it, or if you're in an online community, if you're in a Facebook group, a, uh, a Reddit group, a Discord server, something like that uh, involving weight loss and fitness and uh, we come up, uh, then it would be really great if you could give us a shout out. Yep. So if you are confused as to whether it was Goldilocks, Alice, or Kate Beckinsale who (laughs) visited Wonderland, just remember that Catherine and I are an an inspiration. I think all of them had werewolves, though. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. 
you should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.